This evening on Rods in a Circle, we have two delightful artists who are putting their gifts of autism to very good use. Don't go anywhere, stay right where you are. We'll be right back. <laughs> Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Rob's Inner Circle, broadcasting live on my personal Facebook page, on the Bobby Short Shorts YouTube channel, and on the Rob's Inner Circle Twitch account. The usual shout-out goes out to my good friend and producer of Rob's Inner Circle, Jenny Duhame. And also another shout-out goes out to my other good friend, our podcast techie here on the show, Patty Saragosa. Way to go, girls. We have a, uh, it's rush hour. We have a couple of announcements for you, a couple of honorable mentions. And the first one going to our good friend, and both of them were previous guests here in Rob's Inner Circle. The first one goes out to filmmaker Patricia Chica, whose film Tribes has been chosen to play at the Boulder International Film Festival. And the other honorable mention goes out to actor Hilary Barraford, who has been nominated for Best Actor for her performance in the short film called The Hit at the Laugh or Die Comedy Festival. Congra congratulations to both Patricia and to Hillary, and we wish you the best of success. And this is coming on behalf of myself, Jenny, and Patty. Sorry, there's a little distraction coming. There was an alarm going off. Couldn't take it anymore, so I had to get rid of that. It's all good. Thank you. Thank you for your uh, understanding. Uh, and uh, also, at the same time, on our show tonight, one of our guests is going to be celebrating his birthday this upcoming Wednesday. And he's the fellow that's coming to us live from Chatterton, Greater Manchester, England, Michael Ankers. And this upcoming Friday, we also have our good friend Patricia Chica, who's going to be celebrating her birthday. So again, on behalf of myself and everybody here at Rob's Inner Circle, happy anticipated birthdays. Uh, Daily Struggles is up and rising on the Rise Up TV channel on the Roku streaming service. You can go on there and watch all of our previous episodes. And we're talking about season one. And uh, if you don't have, uh, let's say, TV, well, you could always go get the Roku stick on Amazon for as little as $30, or you can download the app that can be downloaded on your smart devices very easily. All of our uh, merchandise is available at 514brandingco.com, and you can get all of our stuff there that's uh, relevant to Daily Struggles, Rob's Inner Circle. Uh, you can also get Esther's Breeze merchandise and the new show that I have with Esther, that's going to be coming up this Wednesday once again at noon. And we can't wait to have that show going once again. And we thank you, by the way. The response is absolutely amazing. You people have been great with your support. Thank you so much. And thank you at the same time. You're here supporting us here as well. So thank you for all the support that you give us everywhere. 
We urge you to subscribe to the Bobby Short Shorts YouTube channel. Go and click on our playlists, and you can choose all of our productions on there. And uh, you can go ahead and give us some likes, comments. You want to share. Subscribe to Bobby Short Shorts and hit the notification bell because, as you know by now, every time there's a new production coming out, you will be the first to know about it. Folks, it's that time once again. It is time for the weekly ritual. It is time to sit back, relax, let out the steam, take a deep breath. That always feels good for some reason. Uh, folks, do you have any idea what, it, what time it is right now? I'm going to tell you what time it is. It's showtime. Let's get it on. It is time to bring on our two exciting guests. Two amazingly talented young fellows. They have the gift of autism. They're amazing young men, very talented, and I can't wait to introduce both of them to you. The first one got his introduction, Michael Ankers. He's from Chatterton, Greater Manchester in England. And the second one is our very own local talent from Montreal, David Sean. Hey. What an honor it is to have you both over here. Thanks so much for joining us here on Rob's Inner Circle. Very, You're very welcome. Thank you for having us. Hey, it's been, it's been a long time in the making, and finally it's happening. <laughs> hey, dreams yeah. come true sometimes, huh? Yeah. The dream came, came true for us as well. Just letting you know that. <laughs> we have Raul tuning in from California. Hello, Raul from Los Angeles. Thanks for tuning in. All of you people who are tuning in over there, just give us a little, you know, a little shout where you're from. So both our artists over here can get a little bit of a glimpse where you people are from. So, guys, without further ado, we have a pretty loaded show tonight. So we're going to start off with our good friend from the UK, Michael Ankers. Michael, tell us, do you play any instruments? Well, obviously, as you know, I, um, as everyone knows, I'm a singer um, and obviously I write my own songs. And one thing that I'm not very good at is playing an instrument. So um, I've learned, obviously, in school, like you're doing music and stuff like you've and I learned to play a bit of ukulele and piano, but um, unfortunately, I cannot play an instrument. So, no. Well, at some point, are you looking into playing an instrument? Um, I think I'll, if in future, if I did, it'd probably be guitar or piano, if in future. Guitar, is that an inspiration from David? Well, I know a lot of good singers who play guitar, so, you know, including David, of course. So, Michael, tell us, what got you started off in singing? So, what got start, um, started me off, as you'll see in uh, the bio for this, um, so I sort of started off in my um, primary school choir, um, that sort of thing, and then in um, high school, I was in several choirs, and then obviously I started on YouTube a few years ago, and then... Here I am today on Robson Isid. So, So, that's great. That's a great start. And uh, tell us um, a little bit there. What inspiration can you give to some people? Because you know what? There's a lot of people who want to do some things and they're too scared to do it. And fear is a factor. It always stops them. 
What can you tell these people to, hey, you know what? Stop fearing. What's the worst that can happen, right, Michael? Yeah, um, definitely. I think, I think uh, you know, believing in yourself is very important. Um, get advice from people. Say, like, say, I might get advice from David, from, you know, or I might get um, advice from Rob, obviously, because I have my own, you know, chat show sort of thing so I might get advice from Rob so I think believe in yourself get advice from people if you need to be and just if you want to do something follow your dream and see what happens in my opinion that is a beautiful perspective on life David you've been waiting yeah hey, it's your turn buddy tell us how did you start off in the music business well, uh, I started uh, getting guitar lessons when I was 14. Uh, my dad my dad actually got me uh, my first guitar lessons. And then it, uh, I slowly developed uh, over the years and honed my craft. I'm a singer, songwriter, uh, and a rhythm guitarist. And sometimes I play lead guitar. And uh, so I basically developed my, honed my skills over the my teenage years. And then when I was about 19, I started getting very serious about... Uh, writing songs and uh performing in front of people so and yeah so and then it just took off from there over the years and uh yeah so that's how it all started okay uh, raul says he loves your song and raul you're gonna have a chance the rest of the audience is gonna have a chance to hear it because we have a little excerpt from the song i love is so pure we have that that lined up raul so you want to stick around while you're at it, Raul, why don't you invite the whole of California to come and join on the show tonight? <laughs> why not, huh? Hey, listen, um, David, did yeah. anyone ever tell you, and listen, guys, don't get me wrong. I am not saying that David's got a voice to be a podcaster, but you have a beautiful voice. You could be a radio announcer. Did you ever think of that? Uh, I've never... It hasn't been brought to my attention in a, in a long time. It ha but it has been brought to my attention a long time ago, but uh, it hasn't been brought up in recent history. So uh, that's sort of new to me in a way. But it's it is and it isn't. So yeah, that's my take on it. Well, you know what? If I could be the one that gave you that little, you know, nudge, a little encouragement, and one day you're on the radio and you have your own show, hey, you know, just remember me. Send me a, bo a box of cookies at Christmas. That's all I want. Mm. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> David, tell me, what got you interested in playing guitar? I mean, there's so many interesting, uh, interesting uh, instruments out there. Well, I honestly, at first, I actually was going to start playing the drums. But uh, my father at the time thought it was a little bit too noisy and too big of an instrument to bring into the, my into the house. So... Uh, I decided to switch and play guitar. And then as I started uh, learning guitar and learning about different artists and bands that I began to like over time, uh, it just started to grow on me. And then the more I got into it, the more I got excited about it. And then when I went from acoustic to electric, that was a big deal for me because my skills kind of uh, started to excel a lot. Uh, like once I switched to the electric and then I was able to go back and forth from acoustic to electric, and uh, it was a really interesting, good experience for me. Um, I've watched you play. Uh, I've watched your videos. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I have a funny feeling that someone called Elvis has been an influence in your life. Am I right? Y you are correct. Oh, talk to us about how Elvis has shaped your career. Wow. Uh, 
never expected to get that question. Uh, <laughs> how is how is it shaped it? Um, well, it's influenced me in a lot of ways in in terms of singing and in terms of different approach, taking different approaches singing wise, and also his uh, performance. I really in, enjoy uh, like his movements and his uh, his style and the way he like um articulates his words and the way his kind of i don't know what you would call it but maybe uh swaggers or some some word of that kind of nature but uh yeah i mean it's just the whole thing his voice the way he moves his performance his uh that he takes it seriously you know i can see that in his videos he can take it seriously or he can you know joke around at at the same time and kind of be go back and forth and not be too too serious but too like, like kind of be balanced in like you know whether he wants to be funny and non-serious or if he wants to be serious and you really want to focus and see what he's doing live in person or on on a record of his okay michael we're going to be getting to you shortly hang on buddy um tell us uh, who's representing you as a manager uh rosner management is representing me as a manager uh currently as uh, Mark Rosner, and uh, yeah, that's who's managing me at the moment, and uh, yeah. And you know what? We have that in common because we here at Rob's Inner Circle, there are three of us, but our cast is much larger than that. We're part of the Rise Up TV family, and Mark Ro Rosner is uh, headmanning the show over there, uh, you know, and we we can just imagine how proud you feel because we have that same sense of pride on our part over here. Yes, I agree. <laughs> so, uh, Michael, let's get to you. Michael, tell us uh, which musicians have interested, uh, have actually, now let me take that over. Which musicians have influenced you? Because I know in England, there's no shortage of amazing musicians. If you go to Elton John, you go to Pink Floyd, you have all these rock bands, you got Adele, even Susan Boyle. So, which artist really hit it on the head for you? Um, I think one of them you mentioned, um, Adele. Um, but obviously, she's obviously you know famous globally, um, and obviously she's from Britain. And I think I know we were discussing this about because um, obviously I know you didn't know Susan Boyle. She has horses, and obviously she was on Britain's Top Talent, and she a singer that. As well, known as her, that has autism, even though she was diagnosed later on in life, is very influenced for me. And then, not just British singers, obviously, but the singers, you know, who were global famous, like, um, well, I suppose David as well, because you know, like, people like, he's like, there's other obviously singers with autism, or just singers in general from other you know, places all over the world, including December Rose as well, oh. who are such an inspiration to me. Um, and I think the certain singers, you know, that are doing things incredible, incredible things, so there's lots of different singers. Okay, so uh, Michael, uh, are you considering or have you considered going on to the popular shows in England, X Factor, and Britain's Got Talent? Um, so, this is a very good question. So, I um, I have auditioned for Britain's Got Talent twice. Uh, didn't get onto the TV auditions, unfortunately. So, I may audition third some at the time. 
Um, I've heard that the um, because they've had a few year break from X Factor, but I think that they're bringing that. That's obviously I'm at the age now that I can actually apply for that sort of apply for that. Or there is the um, Voice UK as well that I could apply for. So, and they're always bringing some new sort of singing show, so I probably won't um, apply. But you never know, I might travel to a different country. And, Five, you know, do smells. You know. Okay, Michael Wombilag will be getting back to you. Uh, Michael, uh, what I thought was an absolutely sobering experience is when Susan Boyle went on to, I believe it was X Factor or Britain's Britain Got Talent, I believe. Britain's Got yes. Talent, yeah. Okay, mm -hmm. the moment she walked on stage is that, and this is back in 2009, um, mm -hmm. she went on stage and said she was going to sing uh, a song by Ellen Page. The mm. whole audience mocked her. The whole panel mocked her. And the moment she started singing those three notes, it's like everybody's jaw just dropped. And it's like mm. she just blew everybody away. Definitely. So, and that was the most sobering experience for everybody. So, you know, just letting people know over here that um, Susan Boyle has a form of autism. It's called Asperger's. And she also lacked some oxygen in her brain. So it just, you know, goes to show, you know, the appearance that a person might give you is could be like totally wrong. Because, you know, uh, people who have the gift of autism are actually extremely intelligent people with very high IQs. So, uh, David, what would be your take on that? Uh, I think you're cor uh, correct. There's a lot of misconceptions about uh, people with autism and people on mm. the spectrum, basically on the spectrum, and even people with other disabilities. Um, a lot of people base uh, our judge, I should, I should say, like people on their uh, on their looks a lot, and that's not always the case because uh, people. Oh, there's a lot of people who are very different than the way they look, and they act different, and their whole approach to life is completely the different and or the opposite of uh, how they appear to be. Yes, indeed. I totally agree with you. Um, David, tell me, um, have you considered going on to one of these uh, talent shows here in North America, be it American Idol, maybe Canadian Idol? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, I've considered it. Um, I mean, I'm open-minded to it. Uh, currently, uh, I haven't done that yet i mean but uh i'm definitely open open-minded to the that poss that being a possibility okay and uh david when you're writing your songs how do you get inspired is it giving an example is it like in a quiet room is it while you're taking a walk is it while you're in, out in nature with the birds in your backyard is there a specific formula that works for you uh well, there's different. Uh, in my situation, it's it's uh, it depends on the situ it depends where I'm uh, playing guitar, and uh, like for example, like you said, like in nature, I love being in nature. I've written songs in my backyard, for example, or in in a park near my house, and uh, I I find that those are really good places sometimes to write songs. And I also find sometimes in my house, like certain places in my house are really good. Like uh, the living room, I tend to write some of my songs in in the living room or in the backyard, or even sometimes around like certain people, like uh, my mother. Sometimes even like sometimes uh, I happen to be writing a song in the living room, and she 
happens to walk by or and it gives me and it changes the energy in the room and uh and then i start to write based on how i'm feeling in that moment and uh and it kind of evolves from there uh, folks i urge you to prepare some some questions if you have any don't be shy both michael and david will be more than happy david is coming to us live from montreal whereas our friend michael is coming to us live from england we're going to be showing a little clip, which uh, I believe is considered your signature song. Am I correct? Uh, you are correct. Okay. So, ladies and gentlemen, while we're showing this little teaser, this little clip, and after the presentation, after the show, we invite you to go on to the David Sean channel, and you could go watch the rest of his uh, productions on his channel. So, here's a video for you. David. Congratulations, uh, David. That I really Thank like that much. song. <laughs> very, hey, uh, David. While oh, we're yeah. on the subject, and uh, you know, we just finished playing the video. A thought that comes to my mind: uh, What is it that inspired you to write the song? Uh, well, that particular song, uh, what inspired me was uh, originally I started writing that song when I was nineteen. I'm now thirty years old. Uh, when I started writing it, uh, I was in my backyard and it, there was a barbecue and I started writing parts of the song and then I started working on it for a couple of weeks and then, um, but it, I, it was never fully finished by that time. And so it was kind of frustrating for a while, but then over the years, I, I decided to add parts to it and take away certain words and, you know, refine it. And, and then it, 
uh, and then I decided to record it as and um, as you can see, you know, the uh, it speaks for itself. And have you had a good response to the song by the audience? Uh, yes, I have. Uh, so far on, I believe it's on YouTube. Uh, there's 2,800 views. Wow. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, so we're making progress, and progress is always good. <laughs> Fantastic. So, folks, if you want to go watch the entire song, the entire video, and all of other uh, the other uh, productions that uh, David has put up there on his YouTube channel, it's time the David Sean youtube channel and at the same time david uh at the end of the show here we'll probably feed both of you uh folks i believe that we have links in the description box in the youtube uh, uh version of this broadcast so uh, no we should be good we're okay uh david yes thank you so much for uh for that now we're gonna go to our other buddy we're gonna go back to england <laughs> <laughs> hey Mike, michael michael is this the mm. first time you're on a podcast? Um, no, actually. I've been on... Um, well, the first ever interview I was on um, was back in July last year. Um, and then the first sort of a podcast I was on was... Um, there's a YouTuber from uh, the USA called... Well, he's called Frank, but his YouTube channel is called Arte Morbid. And he was sort of the first ever live show that I was on. And then the first... Um, proper sort of podcast. I know this is a podcast, but you know, like where you listen to it on like an app or something. I was on, um, obviously, I've been on the TV show and a few other things. And the first proper podcast I was on was in January. Um, a friend, a friend of mine called Namana, she has her own podcast called um, Daily with Namana. So that was the, so, you know, I'm, I'm building up my interview record, but that was like they, they were sort of the first few I was on. Awesome. And uh, uh, tell us, uh, Michael, how pivotal has your uh, parents' influence in the whole, the whole, um, can I say, the whole venture of you being in the artistic world? I, I'm sure you got a lot, a lot of support from your parents. Mm. So, yeah, this, that is very true. So, um, for anyone who doesn't know, um, my dad died when I was um, seven years, well, a few weeks after my seventh birthday in 2000, but he was um, a very good dad, obviously. Um, he was very supportive and everything. And my mum, um, I know Esther is very supportive with um, David, and my mum is very supportive of me. She supports me. Um, obviously, I've like been on this interview now. I know she's, well, she's a bit camera shy, but, you know, um, you know, she'll always like she always wants to know what I'm up to and you know, obviously she I do live with it. Um so and she's very supportive of my music and she'll like say well done for doing this, Michael. And she's very poor to me supportive of me going to the um, recording studio and I think my parents, my family, my friends, um anyone or just you know like the general music audience uh anyone that just like supported me like the other day at college um someone said to me random like oh oh i saw one of your singing videos and michael was really good. and it was really nice just get that um support and recognition okay so the both of you uh obviously and that you are two absolutely brilliant boys and there's a lot of people out there to this day it's not as bad but i'm sure because well, David was growing up because he's a little older, and back then it was less understood. The gifts of autism, 
uh, were less understood back in the day. Today, they're better understood. And I guess Michael has inherited uh, um, some of that understanding and uh, he's, um, you know, he's better off today because of that. But David, as you were growing up, uh, did you experience some bullying while you were at school or cyber bullying? Did you have a hard time with that? Uh, yes, I uh, experienced that when I was in high school. I experienced actually both cyber bullying and uh, psychological bullying. Um, but, uh, you know, I like to think of it as, you know, that was a long time ago. And, you know, we all like we all move on, you know, we all move on to different, bigger, better things, you know, as as they say. Mm. Okay, and how about you, Michael? How did you uh, react uh, with the, these challenges? Um, so, um, so I was first diagnosed with um, autism when I was about um, well, so when I was about nearly eight, sort of. Um, and I think with the other disabilities I have as well, I think in school, I think I think like David said, there's a lot of you know. Um, I think I think when you first diagnosed with it, it can obviously be you know sort of. But I think like other people, like David said, there's a lot of mis people judging. There's a lot of presumptions about having you know autism, and yeah, like David said, there is. I've been um, bullied quite a lot, so I, I agree with that. Okay, so uh, uh, Michael. Uh, back in the UK, you have your own show called Awesome Autism. We're going to be showing a little clip of your show. Talk to us a little bit about what inspired you to write the show, and I believe you got five episodes out there. Yes, so um, I have um, I've done I've started doing a few series, as you know. So I obviously usually when I usually just post YouTube videos, it was my music and stuff, and obviously I'm a vlog, I started my vlog channel um, last year. And I wanted to use my platform, as a lot of people do, like David's doing, like we're talking about autism now, use my platform to, um, you know, talk about autism, talk about many different things, not just music. So um, I started, um, like obviously with you, you bring lots of different people on your show and to be able to talk about different things like when I do my, as you know, I'm a host of a, my own um, Instagram chat show and I bring people on to talk about certain things as well. And with the awesome autism series, I wanted to, because um, when it was in April, it was um, across the world, it was um, autism awareness month. So in honour of that, I wanted to, obviously, you know, I've, I've spoken it about before, but I wanted to give a bit more of an in-depth, um, knowledge and experience of what I've been through with it. Well, Michael, that, that I'm I, I can't agree more with uh, what Esther is saying. Uh, both of you, yes, are definitely very impressive young men. So <laughs> we're we're about to show a little clip from your show. That, by the way, folks, you can go to the Bobby Short Shorts YouTube channel, and there's a playlist called Autism. Uh, no, Awesome, Awesome Autism. You can click on that playlist and go watch Michael's uh, shows. And I believe the list is not complete, but we will be putting that up to date. And by the way, we have a friend coming from the land of Down Under Jesserell. So, hey, David uh, and the Michael, you guys really know how to draw a crowd. Unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> so, folks, if you have any questions, share your questions. Well, we're going to be showing the clip here to Michael's show called Awesome Autism. Thank you. 
see, I never claim to be. It's perfect as perception, perception is all that they can see. Hi guys, it's me, Lightlanters. Welcome back to my music channel, my fantasy music, and welcome back to the another episode, also the second episode of my new five-part series, Awesome Autism. And uh, I don't know, I just looked to give another shout out like last week to Jenny Dehane, um, who recently, well, for the series, has made the intro for it. But also, thank you very much to uh, Robert Gillespie, who is a friend of mine and Jenny's. Um, who has now put it as a playlist on um the on his Bobby Sharp Swatch YouTube channel. The playlist will be down below. Anyway, so let's get into today's episode. So in today's episode, um, I'm talking about what is it like being a autistic student uh, at school, college, blah blah blah. blah you get the idea. So currently I am a um, performing arts level uh, first year, well level three, one from that uh, um, at college. So Michael, it seems like you have a pretty successful show going. <laughs> um, and yes, as I mentioned in there, your very own Jenny DeHaye made the intro for, and obviously you put on the YouTube channel, but um, Jenny DeHaye made the intro for, and it, um <laughs> and you never know i may do a second series of it you never know but um mainly i'm just doing my obviously my chat show at the moment um but yes i, I really enjoyed doing it well michael as the beatles would say you got a little help from your friends <laughs> <laughs> wow uh wow so um tell us um what do you think are the biggest challenges that are still out there in society that we can still work on so that people can better understand the forms of autism? Because both you, uh, Michael, and David, you have different forms of autism. Uh, what are the things that the um, society that still doesn't understand that, you know, what could we do better to make it more known or making people more knowledgeable? Oh, that is a good question. So I think, um, obviously, I know when you said when David, uh, there wasn't re real, obviously, like a diagnosis for it, because obviously, at several decades ago, there wasn't a lot of, it was obviously very new to it, and there wasn't a lot known about it. Obviously, where it is now, like you said, it's a lot, it's better, but it's not thinking. I think there needs to be more research there needs to be more raising awareness of it like obviously me and david have talked about in here um there needs to be more i think there needs to be more services like in you know medical services like people can get diagnosed earlier and um, so obviously there's some adults that haven't been that might not been diagnosed until the 30s or 40s and i think also i think just having the access to services needed for children and their parents um, of children with autism. That's what I think. And David, uh, what would your take be on there? What do you think that society can do to further the knowledge, the understanding of uh, the gift of autism? Well, I think that people should be uh, could be should be open minded. Uh, one of the characteristics of autism is that sometimes we uh, uh, misunderstand misunderstand things and uh, or uh, have uh, problems with social cues 
and uh, I think that people uh, should be more understanding and you know more open-minded and uh, be aware you know and always to you know to give any and to give anybody it up uh, a chance you know to exp- to express themselves and explain themselves and I think uh, you know being a, communication is a very uh, key thing to to uh, uh, to that to those things and uh, yeah okay and uh, one of the character traits for for the audience uh, there's some people who are not aware of um, some some of the character traits from a person who has a gift of autism is that uh, one of the character traits is that a person with a gift of autism has an amazing memory they're amazingly honest amazingly creative and they nothing's going to stop them because anybody who fears I'll give you an example. If everyone, you know, uh, if, if someone wants to go and do a project, he's afraid to do it. Neither you boys is going to be afraid to do it. So tell us how that has helped you. Uh, start with uh, David. Uh, well, it's uh, how is it? How has it helped? Uh, yeah. sorry, can you repeat the question, please? Yes, I'm going to repeat the question. The okay. fact that, you know, you get a great memory. You're very creative. You're also, um, you're honest, okay? And you're not afraid to go out and do what you want to do. Whereas some people, I want to sing. You know what? I want to sing, but I'm afraid to do it. You boys, you want to sing and you're doing it. So how is it that you guys get that inspiration to do it? That's a really good question, actually. Uh, I think it's just, you know, there's a part of it that's, that's kind of like because we you know are we the way we filter information is different that it uh sometimes we we're not aware that like as aware of like what our people think what our people like thinking about our performance we're more focused on our actual performance in a way because we're hyper focusing on the instrument that we're using whether it's our um uh, a regular instrument or a uh, or your voice and uh i think that it's partially uh, the way we filter information and also i don't know if it's for everyone that's autistic but i mean sometimes when i go on stage in in my case sometimes i feel i feel like this like once i get used to it i, I start to fear feel a, a fearlessness about it because i get mm-hmm. so used to it and i don't a lot of people would think about okay what what is the audience thinking about me what what are they how would they do they like the song i'm playing right now but 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 in our case we're kind of thinking about you know like making sure that we know what all the all the guitar notes or whatever instrument we're using uh, what we're playing we're uh, what we're singing we're very focused on you know what uh the what's the what the task is at hand as opposed to what people think of us uh michael mm. i'm sorry i don't remember did i ask you this question no. <laughs> did, I, did i give you time to answer the question no. <laughs> okay, well, well, go ahead. Go ahead and answer the question. Right, I'll answer it. So, yeah, I think I'd agree with David. I think, um, like you were saying about memory and stuff, I think it's, I think, obviously, you know, it's like you can, when you, like, when we're writing songs, obviously, we, you know, we have a, sort of a very good sort of, like, long-term memory, so we can obviously use our experience, like, lots of singers do, to write their own songs. And I think in terms of confidence, um, I think it's just, you know, just 
you know, if if you want to do something, if you there's the um, phrase ability in disability. So you know, doing some just because you have a disability or a, you know medical condition or whatever. Obviously, there will be some things you may not be able to do, but there's lots of things you can still do. So if you want to do them, do them. And, um, you know, like for me, if I go on, you know, if I'm recording a cover or I'm going in the studio or I'm, you know, performing on a stage, which I don't get too often, but it's just going up there, going on stage, singing whatever song. And in terms of writing as well, it's the same. Like, say if I was to sing, like, Somewhere over the rainbow. I say, and I think as well, if there's songs that people know us, like the, the light also sing as well, I think that's another thing. I think just having the confidence to do it as well is very important. Very, very good. You guys, that, that's a beautiful answer. I, I love I love how intricate you are and the way you deliver your, your uh, questions. <laughs> They're very well, for, your answers are very well formulated and very well delivered. <laughs> Am I right in assuming that the people who are in the spectrum have extremely high IQs? Example, it's been proven, late, uh, not lately, but a few years ago, that Isaac Newton and Albert Einstein were on the spectrum. So am I right in assuming that people with the gift of autism are extremely high in IQ? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, some aren't, some aren't. I mean, it depends on the person. I mean, it depends on what their abilities and disabilities are. It depends mm-hmm. on a lot I of different factors, their environment. Well, there are... there's a wide spectrum of uh, different uh, forms of autism and forms of other uh, um, things that they would people would call disabilities or or uh, just uh, different ways of looking at things, like the neuro, the whole term of being neurodiverse. Mm, well, it's, it's absolutely amazing how many artists there are out there, whether it's actors, whether it's speakers, people in high positions, they have the gift of autism and we don't even know about it. Uh, can you true. name a couple of people who are out there who are high profile that we didn't even know who are autistic? Um, well, I'll go first then. Um, so okay. obviously, as I mentioned, Susan Boyle, obviously I know Rob, you didn't know. A lot of, I think um, when I was on Angie's show a few, he didn't know, and obviously okay. like Albert, Albert Einstein. Um, there's uh, William Shakespeare, but Mozart, not strong about Hustle. And obviously there's a lot of um, Elon Musk, obviously you mentioned um, that as well. And there's lots, um, there's obviously actors there's too much to name but um yeah lots and uh david is there anybody that you know because i believe you told me that you knew that someone was uh had the gift of autism and when you told me like i was completely taken aback Uh, was it an actor a singer who was it i don't i don't don't really recall but i could have been an i think it might have been an actor there was a famous actor i forget it i forget you know i remember his name but uh he it, did it, it, uh what's it called he was in the movie uh i believe silence of the lambs okay anthony hopkins uh no, yeah yes, that's anthony yeah, hopkins. Correct. yes so you know it just goes to show eh? uh, i mean uh, uh, there's a lot of people out there it's cre- incredibly intelligent and you wouldn't know that you know they have they're on the spectrum right also another one i just remembered right now oh, <laughs> is, uh, jerry seinfeld oh no way Yes. yes, that's the one. That's the one. Yes, you had told me about uh, Jerry yeah, Seinfeld. Yeah. 
Yeah, when you had told me that last week, I was taken aback. I I can understand why. I mean, I know what you mean mm-hmm. when you say that. Uh, you, you never, you know, you never expect that. It's like, but you don't oh. expect it. Yeah, if someone on was walking down the street and told you that, you would you would be surprised. A lot of people would be surprised. I would assume. Mm-hmm. Well, we we have a very special guest who's going to be joining us right now. Is she still beside you? Is your mom oh, there? Yeah. Is your mom there, David? Right here. Esther. Hi, Esther. Hi, Esther. Welcome to Rob's Inner Circle. Thank you so much for having David with us, for My participating. Pleasure. Our pleasure. Your pleasure. And, <laughs> and also uh, Michael as well. Everybody, we're so proud. Esther, listen, we have a little time left over here. My God, this went by so fast. Esther, you said you had a story to share with us, and this. Folks, this is an amazing story. Yes. You don't want to miss this. Esther, take it away. Tell us the story that you wanted to tell us that affected um, David in a certain way that he became very creative. So uh, interestingly enough, it's exactly 15 years ago as of last week. So David was 15 at the time. And uh, it was actually um, the shooting at Dawson College. My daughter um, was there at the time, and um, I was with David. I had picked him up early from school. We had a doctor's appointment, and she called and told me that she heard uh, shots being fired and that she was hiding under the table, and she was terrified, and she didn't know what was going to happen, and then the phone went dead. And we had no idea what had happened, what was going to happen. David and I went into the car. We put on the radio. We started listening. And I couldn't get in contact with her. Uh, we drove home, and several hours later, I found out she was okay. Uh, during this time, David was nowhere to be seen. He sort of went to his room, and that was, we just didn't see him. And uh, she came home, and we hugged, and we cried, and it was, we were just so relieved. It was a horrific um, experience, and we were very fearful. And um, again, David really wasn't around. Um, the following day, um, David came downstairs and told us that he had written a song. We were we had no idea that David was even considering writing music. We knew he, he was taking guitar lessons. He was like one year in. And uh, he proceeded to play it for us. It was called Innocence Lost on a Wednesday. And it was absolutely beautiful. And we were floored. We we had no idea that he was writing music. We had no idea he had this talent. And it was this incredible, horrific experience that gave him the inspiration to write one of his first songs. So that you was know, quite, yeah, it's quite something. You know, I am, uh, we know each other. It's a little while, uh, yeah. a little while Esther. And uh, I, I know you, you know me. And I, and I know how horrified you you were on that particular day. I can imagine. Yeah. God forbid. I don't even want to go yeah. there. But someone, you know, uh, his or her her daughter or her son is in a school like that, and that is happening. God forbid. And I can imagine how horrified you were. And that when you saw your daughter, it's like I guess you must have collapsed. <laughs> well, there was hugging and crying involved. Wow. Definitely. Mm. So. Uh, Esther, what is what is it like uh, being the parent of a, a child who's on the spectrum? I mean, there, there must be it must be special in in some ways. 
You know, there's this famous poem that a lot of parents who discover their children are on the spectrum um, sometimes are given. It's called A Welcome to Denmark. And it's it's about, um, it's actually a poem about how you had packed your bags and you were planning to go on vacation to Paris and you had everything ready. And then you're told as you're boarding the plane that they've, they have to make a stop off at Denmark. And so you have to readjust your thinking, you have to readjust your plans. And that's initially how it begins. It's repositioning um, how your, you know, your thought process in how you are going to now deal with a child who is on the spectrum. And um, in fact, there were Obviously, there are a lot of gifts, but there's also a lot of challenges as well. So it wasn't easy, but, um, you know, David is a very intelligent, sensitive person, and he was always a joy to be with and a joy to, to bring up, you know, but there were definite challenges for him. And, uh, you know, it was... It was definitely a process and a, definitely a learning experience. And you had to learn to have a lot of patience and to understand and, and realize that things that we take for granted, like certain things like through osmosis that we learn as individuals, that someone on the spectrum doesn't necessarily have. For, for instance, even the something as simple as empathy. It, and it's not because they're, they, they don't have it or don't care. Or in fact, they have usually extremely sensitive, and I shouldn't generalize, but definitely it's there. It's just that it's not... It, it, you know, it doesn't come naturally. It was almost something that I had to teach David, you know, mm -hmm. and so that things could be misread where they might mm -hmm. assume that he's being arrogant, but he's not. He's just. And I told people that, too. And, and sometimes they didn't even they didn't believe me that I, you know, mm -hmm. this is just the way I, I process the information they were giving me. It's very black and white. Yeah. It's very black and white. So there's definitely um, there's a lot of learning. We basically learn together. I, that's how I would, you know, with his father as well, who was very involved and, uh, you know, wonderful at, uh, in upbringing him. So, you know, we were very involved parents. That's for sure. So, Esther, uh, the, uh, how did you come to discover that uh, David was on the spectrum? Um, so it started with a language delay. Um, and, and then we were told... Uh, different things, uh, ADHD, uh, perhaps a learning disability, but it, but it became more obvious around the age of eight that he was formally diagnosed. Okay. And by the way, one of our uh, listeners who's tuned in, uh, Reno Verricchio, thank you very much uh, for tuning in. And uh, he has mentioned that he has a bluelightprogram.com. It's a, it's a camp. You can go on the website and get some information. So, uh, Reno, thank you so much for participating and sharing that with us. Uh, we appreciate that thank very you, much. Uh, Michael, uh, tell us a little bit. Uh, how did it come across? How was it discovered that you were on the spectrum? Oh, this is a good question. So, I think it was probably the same age as um, David, actually. So, I was um, born with something called low muscle tone. Um, and... Well, basically, weak muscles in your body. And so, basically, what happened with that was obviously, you know, I had like physiotherapy and stuff when I was younger. And um, with certain people with autism, cannot speak. I know David was saying this, but cannot say walk or talk and so 
until maybe like three or four years old. And mum said to me that I couldn't speak and at, until one day I was about three and a half or something, I started walking and obviously talking. And um, there wasn't really not a lot of that then. And then um, a few years later, obviously, as I mentioned before, my dad died. I had, um, I was crying a lot. I was having like temper tantrums. I was having this. And my, it was my auntie that sort of mentioned to my mum, she think, she said, well, my great auntie thought there was something a bit, you know, off. So, oh, something a bit, a bit more than just grief. Obviously, just obviously, and then I went. Uh, I was referred eventually referred back to my old um, specialist that I'd had for my lower muscles when I was younger, and um, she diagnosed me with um, Asperger's syndrome and also dyspraxia on the same day. And then um, a few years later, I found out that um, as as having that book, someone and a teacher knew. Um, my school um she i think she had low muscle tone and she told me that having low muscle tone um can be part of having autism so i may have had autism from when i was born but wasn't uh, officially diagnosed until I was um about um seven years old nearly so yes so if you two boys could change the world what would you do to make this world a better place Michael, if you want to continue, then we're going to go to David. Okay. So I think, um, obviously, raise a lot more awareness of autism and more services, but um, more services for, obviously, mental health. Because um, I know someone uh, who does um, take... I know there's a friend of mine called Holly, and she does her own um, self-care packages for people with mental health and autism and all that free of charge um and i think having more people like that having more charities like that and then uh, just you know having um doing a lot more people in terms of music as well having a lot more because there are some people uh, like if you think about like YouTube statistics that don't get the amount of users. So I think having a lot more, because there's so much talent in the world and letting more people see how much talent there is in terms of music and acting and performing and things like that. And David, the world according to David. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, uh, well, it's kind of like what Michael Ankers was saying about, uh, you know, more awareness about autism and uh, about also about men uh, mental health, uh, things of that nature. And, uh, you know, um, just to create more of a uh, connection between, um, uh, sorry, communication, to create more communication between people. So there's a more clear understanding between a, uh, one person and another person or one person and multiple people that everyone is kind of at least for the most part on the same page in terms of like understanding each other and, and getting an idea of where the, we, we each other comes from michael mm. david it has been an absolutely fantastic show wow 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 excellent participation by the audience a big thank you to everybody esther stay right where you are don't go anywhere because I need you in a second, okay? Okay. Uh, thank you so much, guys, for joining us. Um, and listen, uh, like I said to everybody, 
Thank you for all your comments. Esther, uh, by the way, um, is there anything uh, special going on this Wednesday at noon? There's this quirky little show. I think it's called Noon Hour Out of the Box. Noon Hour Out of the Box? Yeah. Well, it sounds very familiar. Doesn't but it, it sounds like a really great show. Yeah, Doesn't it? I, know. I, I think so. So, <laughs> Esther, listen, we're addressing the audience right now. What do you suggest the audience do that at 12 on Wednesday? They should tune in to Noon Hour Out of the Box with Robert D'Alessio and Esther B. Well, you know what? That sounds like a fantastic idea. And there's a pretty good chance I'll be there, Esther. <laughs> I certainly <laughs> hope so. Hey, everybody, thank you so much. Please stay uh, stay there. Yeah. We're going to bring you back. Uh, well, you know the shtick. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of shtick. Yeah. Okay, the after guys. party. We'll be here. Thank you. We'll see you in a bit. Well, yeah, there you have it, folks. Uh, those were our guests tonight. Uh, Michael Ankers was uh, from England, and uh, David Sean, our local artist uh, from Montreal, both uh, singers. In the case of, uh, well, they're both singer-songwriters. The only difference with David is that he is a guitarist. Uh, next week, we have a pretty interesting show. We have... Uh, <laughs> It's going to be composers and musical directors, Pierre-Luc Sénécal, Pascal Germain Berardi, and singer, music producer, voice-over artist, Jeff Mott from the Growler Choir. This is a pretty interesting show we're going to have for you tomorrow night. So can you imagine merging heavy metal with classical choir? That's going to be quite interesting. It's going to be something you don't want to miss. Well, they're going to be talking about the concert that they're going to be having on June 18th at Montreal's Église du Très Saint-Nom de Jésus. To everyone, thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll see you next week, same time, same reason. Ciao.